0: From KGW News, this is Straight Talk with Laurel Porter. Hello, and welcome to Straight Talk. I'm Laurel Porter. Today, we talk with Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler. Let's set the stage. For nine weeks, Portland has been the scene of nightly protests that began with the killing of George Floyd on Memorial Day. Protesters demanding racial justice and an end to police brutality. But in recent weeks, those demonstrations have grown, complicated when federal agents arrived in the city. Mayor Ted Wheeler has been on the news all over the country, calling for the feds to leave. This week, the governor announced an agreement with Homeland Security. Federal agents are to leave the city in what Governor Brown called a phased withdrawal. And Oregon State Police will take their place.
1: I've told them to bring those late-night antics to a close.
0: Mayor Wheeler's been criticized from both sides. One, for not doing enough to control the destruction downtown. And by others, for not doing enough to control the police and bring about reform and an end to systemic racism. All this amid a pandemic and an election campaign. Wheeler faces re-election in November, challenged from the left by Sarah Iannarone. And I'm pleased to welcome my guest, Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler. Welcome back to Straight Talk, Mayor. Thank you, Laurel. So much has changed since the last time we talked, Mayor. You were, you were born and raised in Portland. You went to public school here. You made your livelihood here. You've raised your daughter here. How would you describe what you see happening in your hometown right now?
1: Well, there's no question, Laurel. We're, we're facing a myriad of challenges and you teed them up well in the introduction. We have a global pandemic. We have a steep economic recession bordering on a depression. We obviously, in the wake of the murder of George Floyd, have thousands of people taking to the streets, demanding racial justice and equity. And we have some civil uh, unrest. Uh, And now with the the occupation by federal officers, things have really reached a fever pitch. So there's a lot to be concerned about. The challenges are real, Uh, but on the other hand, Uh, this is also a transformational period in history. And we have an opportunity as a community and as individuals to write that history. And I'm cautiously optimistic that the people of this city are resilient. We will rise above the myriads of challenges we're facing. And we're gonna write a history that uh, decades from now, people will look back on as being a really important inflection point in our city's history, as well as I think the nation's history.
0: On the subject of his federal officers in Portland, Seattle Mayor Durkin this week said she thinks President Trump is sending federal officers to Portland and other cities led by Democratic mayors, as in her words, a dry run for martial law. Do you agree with Mayor Durkin that that's what's happening?
1: I agree that this is of national significance and what's happening here is an affront to democracy. When you have a sitting president saying that he will allocate federal officers to cities based upon the political affiliation of the mayors in those cities, that is absolutely an abuse of federal policing authority. Uh, It is clearly a campaign stunt on his part and it's very dangerous. It's putting our residents and our local law enforcement in harm's way and ultimately I believe it's a threat to our democratic process. And that's why the first step of recovery needs to be the federal officers leaving our city and leaving other cities where they weren't invited, where they're not wanted, and where frankly they're making things a lot worse.
0: And the governor announced this week an agreement with the administration for the gradual withdrawal of those federal agents in Portland, but I should let our viewers know we're taping this Thursday just afternoon, so the situation's fluid. Things could change, but it's unclear right now exactly how this is going to work. Oregon State police are supposed to come in and take the place of federal agents to protect federal property, but that anger was there before the federal officers came. It ramped up, but it was there. People wanting an end to police brutality, wanting racial justice. So what's going to be different when oregon state police replace the federal officers
1: well first of all i want to applaud the governor for her leadership and the conversations she's had with the federal administration Uh, we need to do something different we all acknowledge that none of us believe that this is going to end or be de-escalated by police actions alone Uh, the de-escalation is going to have to be Community wide and requires community engagement. But that necessary first ingredient of getting the federal officers out of our city uh, has to begin. That has to be the first part of it because there's no question in the last couple of weeks since they've arrived, they've escalated an already very tense situation. They've brought thousands of people back to the streets, they've re energized those who are demonstrating. And frankly, it's led to that handful of people engaged in violence and vandalism to become um, more uh, intent. And so it's actually done the opposite of what the president expected. It has escalated the situation and it's led to more violence and vandalism. Escalation has been met with escalation. And so it's critical now that the state government Uh, Our our governor, our state police and our local police work together to take control of this as a community, using community values and using our own de-escalation strategies to bring this to a close.
0: Mayor, some of the protesters have said they they will keep protesting, doing what they're doing until they have their demands met. And one of those demands has been to cut the police bureau by 50%. Are you willing to cut the police bureau by 50%?
1: I don't believe in arbitrary budgetary reductions, but I do believe what the demonstrators are asking for are important values. The value behind that specific request is that we de-emphasize the practice of policing and re-emphasize investments in the community. Things like education, support for families, uh, housing opportunities, economic prosperity opportunities, And our city council is already making concrete, in fact, historic steps in that direction. We've redirected funding out of the police bureau. We've eliminated police from our schools, which was a key demand of the demonstrators. We've eliminated units that had a disproportional impact on people of color. And just yesterday, the city council unanimously sent to the voters. What will ultimately be a complete reimagining, an overhaul of our police oversight and accountability procedures? So uh, there's but a lot of good Mayor, work that's underway. Is it going yeah, to go.
0: gonna be enough to stop the protests? I mean, where do you see this nightly cycle of protests followed by destruction end? What uh, is it going to take for mm-hmm. them to stop?
1: Well, first of all, let's differentiate between the nightly demonstrations and destruction because the vast majority of people on our streets are demonstrating non-violently. And that's something, frankly, I support, and we in, in Portland support, and as Americans, we should support that. That's protected in the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. Then there's this small group of people violating the law. Those individuals should be held accountable for violating the law, whether it's violence or vandalism. Those are separate things. Now, what brings this to an end, I believe, is the demonstrators seeing us as elected leaders at the federal, at the state, at the local level, that we hear their demands, that we understand their demands, and that we're taking concrete action towards meeting those demands. And here at the city of Portland, we're already doing that. We've made historic changes and we're going to continue to push forward.
0: Last week you attended the protest downtown and you faced the crowd, you answered questions. I watched the live stream and it, it really got tense. For a time you were shouted down, you were heckled, insulted, jeered. Uh, they were calling you nicknames, one uh, tear gas Ted. They were holding signs. Uh, that had to be tough for you.
1: Look, I don't take it personally. Uh, I represent the government uh, as the police commissioner. I represent the police. As a middle aged white male, I represent the status quo. Uh, I didn't go down there expecting people to congratulate me or pat me on the back. I went down there to listen to what people had to say. I believe they needed to confront their government and I represent that on the face of their government directly. And I wanted to hear them and I had that opportunity. Um, I didn't seek the stage. I was actually invited by the leaders of the movement to go onto the stage. I did not go down there expecting to get tear gassed. Uh, I did, Uh, but for me, it was really an opportunity to be there, to listen to my constituents directly, uh, to hear their anger and frustration and take whatever, uh, whatever it was that they wanted to dish out. And they did, and that's part of the job. I don't take it personally.
0: You you mentioned you were tear gassed. Has that experience changed how you feel about the use of tear gas? Do you think that police should stop using it period?
1: Well, first of all, let me take a step back and say, uh, early on in the demonstrations, there were times when I do believe the Portland Police Bureau overreacted. I believe there were times when they were indiscriminate in the use of CS gas in particular. And so for the first time in my administration, I put forth tactical directives. I don't usually get involved directly in tactics, but I put two out. Number one, I prohibited the use of LRAD in the tone mode, and I prohibited the use of CS gas in any circumstance except for life safety. And uh, in meeting with the governor and Commissioner Hardesty and the state police and our police chief two days ago, we agreed that the standard should be no use of CS gas unless there is a serious. Threat to somebody's safety, to their physical health, or the threat of them being killed. That is a consensus agreement. Uh, but as the police commissioner, I want to say again, I apologize for those circumstances early on where CS gas was used indiscriminately, in my opinion. Uh, I am the police commissioner. That accountability rests with me. I took the steps to make sure it wouldn't happen again. CS gas has only been used twice this month as a result of the directive that I put into place in very limited circumstances.
0: Mayor, we've talked to business owners who say downtown is dying as a result of the protests. Also uh, the pandemic and some don't plan to stay. Let's listen to what they told us.
1: Do you think downtown can survive if this continues? Look, it's everything is boarded up. There's no one downtown. Is there a feeling that downtown Portland is dying?
0: Absolutely. Without a doubt, Um, I can't imagine wanting to keep our business here. Um, Our lease is up in a year, and I don't know why we would stay. I know at a news conference on Thursday, you talked about all the things you've done for businesses, but can they survive? And they say they need help immediately. What more can you do?
1: Well, look, the business owners and operators, I'm not here to question their business decisions. And if they believe they can't make it, I have no reason to doubt what they're saying. Uh, But here's what we need to do. We need to stop the nightly demonstrations, particularly the small group of people engaged in criminal activity, the violence, the vandalism. We need to clean up our downtown. And there's a lot of people that I'm working with in the business community who are eager to get about that process working in partnership with their city government. And then we need to reopen. And as we reopen, uh, obviously under the the phase one COVID guidelines put forth by the governor, we need to encourage people to come downtown. The violence, the vandalism, it is in a very narrow area uh, in the central core, but the perception that's being created that all of downtown, all of the city of Portland in chaos is just simply not true. But we've got to make that extra step working with those business owners and operators so that they and their employees feel safe and welcome downtown and that customers return to downtown Portland. That's my commitment and I'm going to continue to work with the business community to make that happen.
0: You mentioned this a bit earlier. A city council on Wednesday unanimously decided to refer a proposal to voters on the November ballot to add a new police oversight system enshrined into the city charter. It was sponsored by Joanne Hardesty. The city auditor has criticized the proposal as being rushed, not vetted enough, not ready for the ballot. Do you think it's ready for the ballot?
1: It's not ready for the ballot today. The the concerns raised by the auditor and others are legitimate concerns, but uh, Commissioner Hardesty has given the city council her word that she and her team will address all of the issues, the legal issues, the legislative issues, the potential obstacles around collective bargaining between now and November when it's on the ballot. And uh, while there is risk involved with this, and we were all really clear about this when we supported it yesterday, all of us believe the risk is worth taking. We need to do something different around police oversight and accountability, and this is something the community's been asking for since the days of Vera Katz. But we really haven't made a lot of progress. It requires a transformational change, and I believe this may be the transformational change we're looking for. Um, That being said, there's a lot of challenges that need to be overcome between now and November, and I have confidence that those challenges will be overcome.
0: Let's talk about your relationship with Commissioner Hardesty for just a bit. She has endorsed you to be reelected. She's been your closest ally since the passing of Nick Fish. You've been working on police reforms together, but lately it seems things have gotten a bit tense in a tweet. She called on you to give her the police bureau to make her police commissioner. As you mentioned, you're the police commissioner now tweeting after police actions during a Friday night vigil a couple of weeks ago, Mayor, I've had enough. If you can't control the police, give me the police bureau. You said on Thursday that sometimes you have to cede control and step back. I'm not sure exactly what you were referring to, but are you willing to do that in this occasion to to give her the police bureau?
1: I've had many conversations with Commissioner Hardesty about the police bureau, and frankly, she, she has not always been consistent in whether she wants the police bureau or doesn't want the police bureau. But I had a great conversation with her last week. And what I said was we will shuffle some of the bureaus as our new colleague comes on in August. And then we'll have a broader look at the bureaus in January when we reconstitute much of the city council. Uh, For now, the police uh, will stay in my portfolio. I will continue to work with Commissioner Hardesty and all of my colleagues on the types of reforms and accountability that we have been working together on very well. Um, I was upset that she uh, did attempt to undercut my credibility at the very same time that the president of the United States was attacking me, the city of Portland and other Democratic mayors across the United States. Uh, This is a time when we need the council to be unified and Commissioner Hardesty's comments at the time I thought were not appropriate Uh, Moreover, she leveled some unsubstantiated charges at the police and other city leaders. To her credit, to her credit, uh, she withdrew those comments. She apologized directly for those comments. And as far as I'm concerned, we're on good, stable ground. We're still gonna disagree from time to time. Commissioner Hardesty and I get very animated in our disagreements, Um, but we have an important role to play when we are unified and helping to unify the city council and move the city forward. And we're going to do that. We're both committed to moving this city forward and we're committed to being professionals and working together in solid partnership. And that's exactly what we did the other day when we made that uh, referral to the ballot of the accountability and oversight measure. And that's what we're going to do going forward.
0: Earlier this month, the police union executive board took a vote of no confidence in the city council, saying they didn't feel the council has supported them and your support has been spotty and sporadic. They said, what do you want to say to Portland police officers?
1: I have a lot of respect for the men and women of the Portland Police Bureau, and I'm not just talking about the sworn officers. There are many, many people who work for the police bureau who are not sworn officers. Their job is tough. It's tiring. It's thankless and it's dangerous. And at a time when there is national scrutiny being focused on policing, and that goes all the way from the national level down to the local level, I understand their frustration, I understand their anger, but my message to them is this, this is not about you personally or you individually. This is about the institution of policing and the institution of policing has been too slow to evolve to match the needs of our society when it comes to racial equity and justice. And uh, we need the men and women of the Portland Police Bureau to work with us and help lead these changes because they know better than anyone else what it takes to make an effective public safety system for everyone. So I hope they will continue to be the professionals that I know they are. I hope they will continue to stay at the table and help us shape reforms and policies that make sense for everyone in the community and that keep them safe as law enforcement officers and help build their credibility in the community as as well. Uh, There's a lot of trust building that's going on right now and we need the Portland Police Bureau, the men and women who are involved at the table every step of the way. And I welcome them to do that.
0: Mayor Wheeler, we need to take a break. Thank you. And we'll talk with the mayor about his reelection campaign. We're back in two minutes. Welcome back to Stray Talk. I'm Laurel Porter, and welcome once again to my guest, Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler. Thanks again for being here, Mayor. Thank you. We were talking a lot about the protests, but of course we also have the pandemic, that this is all a, a backdrop here. Let's talk about the pandemic and the state of the city's budget. The city's chief administrative office warned the city's revenues could drop to lows worse than the Great Recession. So level with us. How bad is it, and how do you see the city coming through it?
1: So the city's budget is, uh, it's, it's dire. I won't, <laughs> I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. Uh, it. We have about a 75 to $90 million budget shortfall. The good news in the prior three years, we've actually built up our reserves. We've implemented some fiscal, uh, fiscally responsible practices. So those practices along with uh, putting a freeze on new hires, Uh, Sacrifices made by our employees to reduce their COLA and their step increases. Um, I myself cut my salary down to zero. Uh, People have really stepped up in a big way and we've managed to close almost all of that gap without either reducing services to the public or costing substantial jobs of city employees. There's still some work that needs to be done as we get into the fall. but. I'm pretty confident that for the most part, the public isn't going to notice too much of a reduction in services. You know, It was not a
0: foregone conclusion that you would run for office again. A couple of years ago, after a health coalition forum where you were heckled, you were heard saying, I can't wait for these next 24 months to be over. You said later you were just frustrated at the time, but probably safe to say things are even more intense now. Have you ever had any second thoughts about running for reelection? Any doubts?
1: I don't have any doubts. And uh, you know th- this is a leadership moment. This is a very tough time being mayor of the city of Portland's never uh, particularly easy, but it is a real privilege. And I walk into this office every day and I appreciate the privilege that I have to both be the leader of this government and a spokesperson for the city of Portland and uh, the opportunity to work with my constituents and different organizations out in the community to help shape the future path of this community. And that is uh, really gratifying to me at night. I go to I go to home, the home and I go to bed. Um, I never feel like I was either bored or that I wasted my time. I feel like every day in this job in this office as mayor has meaning, and uh, I just feel really uh, privileged to have this opportunity. And I thank the people of this city for for allowing me to serve.
0: You didn't get enough votes in May to avoid a runoff, so now you're facing Sarah Iannarone. And she says you've fallen short on addressing issues that you promised solutions for. Homelessness, affordable housing, climate change, inequality. She says she's listening to Portlanders and has the grassroots supports for a new approach. Why should Portlanders give you another four years, Mayor?
1: Well, listen, she's saying what she has to say as my opponent. So I'm guessing she's not going to be out there saying what a great guy I am and how fantastically well I'm doing. Um, look, uh, the truth is somewhere in the middle. The fact of the matter is the homeless crisis has gotten worse under my leadership. There's no denying that. Uh, nationally, we've seen that that's, that has been the case. That's the case here in Portland. But I am proud of the work that I've done with Multnomah County and with other people in the community to redouble our efforts on the chronically homeless in our community. We're focusing on the folks who have uh, mental health issues, addiction or substance abuse issues, and we're connecting them with the services they need. So we've reinvented the way that we are uh, addressing the homeless system. Uh, We have the navigation centers, we have the navigation teams. We're working with the county to connect shelters and housing to services. We've made significant new investments in permanent supportive housing, which we know is the best way to get the chronically homeless off the streets. Uh, We've made huge steps forward when it comes to our climate action plan and the actual programs that we've passed, whether it's uh, taking things that ordinarily would have gone to the landfill out, whether it was stopping Zenith from, Bringing more oil trains into our community and expanding their facilities there, whether it's the work we just did with the community to put forward an emergency climate action plan that lifts communities of color uh, front and center in that plan. Uh, There's a lot of good work going on. And I hope as the public has the opportunity to really step back and reflect on the work that I've done, Uh, I'm not claiming to be perfect. Uh, but I do believe I have heard the people of this community. I believe I am elevating the right issues to the forefront on behalf of this community, and I'm 100% committed to working with the community going forward.
0: We're almost out of time, so just only about 30 seconds. Just a final thought to leave our viewers.
1: These are uh, challenging times, and I know a lot of people are are feeling overwhelmed by the times. The crisis around COVID, the economic crisis, what's going on on the streets. And I just want to remind people, this is an opportunity. It's transitional time and all of us have a role to play in writing the future history of this city. I hope you'll join me in doing that. And I really appreciate the opportunity to serve as your mayor. Thank you.
0: Mayor Ted Wheeler, thank you for joining us here on Straight Talk and thank you for watching and listening. Don't forget to download our new podcast. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for KGW Straight Talk. Join me next week. My guest is Mayor Wheeler's opponent in the November election, Sarah Iannarone. We'll see you next week for Straight Talk. Stay safe.